Well, good morning, friends and family, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S., spelled with an E-Y, and I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma and Bulimic. Uh, today is Thursday, January 16, 2020. Today we're reading from the big book. Um, we're into action. So we're on page 83, second paragraph. The spiritual life is not a theory. And we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today's readers are 12 Steps, Nancy M., 12 Traditions, Marge E., and the readers of our text, Katie G., Marge O., and Lauren N. Our newcomer greeter will be Elena A. M., and our second-hour host today is Jody E. The reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, January 15th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 13975. 13975. And our 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 13977. 13977. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now have Nancy M. read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nancy. Nancy, star one, can't hear you. Good morning, Kelly, and good morning, my fellows. This is Nancy M. in upstate New York. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And this is Nancy M. Food Addict from upstate New York. I pass. Thanks so much, Nancy. All right, so next we will have Marge E. read our 12 traditions. Good morning, Marge. Good morning. This is Marge E. from Massachusetts. Excuse me, the 12 traditions. One, a commonwealth issue come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service. I pass. Well, thank you so much, Marge E. So this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So what you do, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then you press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Okay, so we've got an action-packed paragraph today. Uh, we're on page 83. We're into action, that's for sure. Second paragraph, the spiritual life is not a theory. And we are reading and commenting on that one paragraph, and Miss Katie G is going to get us going. Hey, Katie. Hello, Kelly. Thanks for your service. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, 
we think we ought not to urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They'll change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. So what's a theory? A theory is a hypothesis. It's in my mind. And with all due respect, unless I've had experience with a step, all I'm doing is theorizing. I love to theorize. I love to talk about my program of recovery and rigorous honesty. But this is telling me I have to live it. What does it mean to live? It means to be alive, to have vital signs. And you'll remember in step three, I live a double life, right? So I'm real good at talking on the line, theorizing, but a much more important demonstration of this program is in my home occupations and affairs. And one of our teachers taught me several years ago, your behavior is so loud I cannot hear your words. Think about that, right? Like people call me and they're so excited to get recovered. As a recovered woman today, it is no longer acceptable for me to apologize. I can't get on a soapbox and tell my husband about how great my program of recovery is and, you know, and make this amend to him and then continue to do the same behavior, right? That's not acceptable. And until I have an experience with these 12 steps, I'm just theorizing. I don't know how to do this, right? Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, so for me, if I make an amend or when I, excuse me, when I make an amend, I'm like, all right, snap out of it. Let's go. Let's go. This is the new KDG. 10 or 20 years of drunkenness when I wouldn't show up, when I wasn't doing what I said I was doing. I'd show up 90 pounds. I'd show up 228 pounds. I'd show up belligerent. I'd show up kind. Nobody knows how to trust me because as a sponsor once said to me, it's a long walk into the woods. It was a long walk of addiction into the woods. It's going to be a long walk out, years of bad actions. You know, and today, when, when husband says to me, you know, it just seems like the last couple of nights, you don't want to see me when I get home. I got to take it, right? Like my sponsor used to say to me, you're the one in the family with the big book, right? And my amend work gets me to zero. Like I want to take your tape parade. I want to say, all right, Hubs, I'm sorry. And for him to like, you know, applaud me and say, oh, you're, you're so great, Katie. You're so great. No, he's not looking at what I'm saying. How am I being? Am I doing patience, kindliness, tolerance, and love with the people that I get the most triggered with, my family? And thank you, God, today I can say I've changed a lot, but thank you, God, I can say I'm just recovered for these 24 hours, and i got to change a lot more, and I don't do that. I do that with experience, with the steps, and then I get God. And with that, I do pass. Well, thank you so much, Katie G, for getting us started. We've got an action-packed paragraph here. So if you have not shared in the last couple days and would like to share in this paragraph, give me your first name and first initial of your last. Margaret D. Margaret. Lise N. Craig F. Craig F. Was it Elise M.? Elise N. Elise N. Okay. Janice P.M. Janice P. M. Nancy P. I got 
Nancy P. Okay, Amy. Okay, let's uh, stop there. Here's who I have. Margaret D., Elise N., Craig F., Janice P.M., Amy G., Jason K., and Nancy P. So if everybody will make sure they're muted by pressing star one, we'll get started with Margaret D. Good morning, Margaret. Margaret, star one. May I be heard? Is this Margaret? It is. Yeah. Yes, I got you. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, So the spiritual, oh, and I'm so grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater, and I'm in Georgia. Um, So the spiritual life is not a theory. What my life used to look like before um, working the steps was that um, definitely I would go into a lot of depression and go into... um, a lot of sadness and then the next step from that was to go into the um i don't know if i can say this word right or not catastrophizing so um if it was raining then my next thought was oh my god this is so horrible the skies are cloudy and gray and um i bet you that the backyard gets washed over to my neighbor's yard and just things would multiply Well, years of living with a person who's sad and depressed um, is bound to make anybody a skeptic when that person begins to live their life on faith and to have a spiritual awakening. So on rainy days, I'm so grateful, God, because this is life for some flower or some, you know, some creature that needs the rain. Um, on days that are, um, you know, when I used to go into depression, now it's a day when, what can I do for you? Do you need a ride somewhere? Is there something that I can do to help you? Um, can I carry this box for you? Is there, you know, what can I do? And so the whole difference is going from living life on my terms to trying to live a life that's based, excuse me, that's based on faith. My faith that God is real, that God is constant, that God loves me, that God not only is willing to help me, but wants to help me. And the more that I act on that faith, the more I open up the door so that God can enter in and more things can be done. And that in turn makes me want to, um, because I'm being filled with God more and more, it makes me want to do God's will more and more. Um, And I guess the last thing that I wanted to share was I think about 20 years of being a drama queen around members of my family. You know, when I let things go, even now they're just like looking over their shoulder going, well, don't worry, the storm is going to hit. It's just taking more than, you know, it'll be here pretty soon. She'll be crazy pretty soon. And by being sane and sober, um, that's slowly starting to change. And I thank God daily, daily please. for every change that happens in my life because I know it's God. And with that, I pass. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much, Margaret D. 
Next up is Elise N. followed by Craig F. Good morning, Elise. Hi, good morning. I'm grateful to be here and um, thank you for your service. Um, I just, um, you know, I just feel that for me, the simplest way to say this is do the next right thing. Um, It's almost like, you know, God is, it's like taking a, you know, um, a cord and plugging into power, you know, plug into God, ask God what the next right thing is and just do it. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm going in the right direction and um, of service to other people. And I've recently had um, a few experiences where, you know, I, I go swimming in the morning and there's one person there and they said, you're always happy. You, she, she said, I, they said, I like you. You're just happy with life. You're always smiling. Um, I said, I'm thinking, yeah, I, what could be, what could be better? A pool, I, you know, going to the pool in the morning before work and, you know, having, you know, having my food down and being a sta- stable and being, having a job that I like and having kids that I like. And I mean, what could be better? than than what I have now. Um, So, and the, you know, that feeling of doing the right thing, of, you know, doing what I'm supposed to, doing the right thing is, leads me to the happiness that I have now. Um, And it, and it is like they say in the big book, it is a life second to none. It's like living in uh, the fourth dimension. It really, it really is. I, I can't think of anything better. Um, even if I live in New Jersey and it's freezing outside. So put on a coat and go to work. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine, you know. So I just, um, and, uh, you know, I've shared before that my kids, sometimes I have one in particular, I went to do an amends because my sponsor said to do it. And she, she laughed me out of the room and said, you're socially off, you know, because it was something for years ago. And, and, we really, I have apologized in the past and I have changed my behavior. So um, perhaps I didn't really have an amends to make. And in my family, we don't hold anything in. So if she was upset with something yesterday, she told me yesterday and then it was over. And then I do the same. So we don't hold these things. And so we don't really, you know, she wasn't looking for me to do say anything to her. Um, and I'm grateful um, for that. Um, I'm grateful that I found the God that I have through this program and and the community I have, and I have the kids that I have because of this program. So um, anyway, have a, have a wonderful day, and I pass. Thank you so much, Elise N. Next up is Craig F. Followed by Janice PM. Good morning, Craig. Good good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, this paragraph uh, reminds me uh, that I'm not uh, an expert at uh, living this life. You know, I'm not an expert uh, at, um, I'm not even well practiced at uh, living this spiritual way of life. That, that uh, you know, no matter how, how, uh, how much recovery I think I have 
or I can share that, um, you know, that the f very fact is that I have a long history of, of living a different way. And the people around me remember that, you know, and uh, they're gonna, not only going to be skeptical, it's going to be a long while before they see um, the, the fruits of this program as more important than, as more evident than the fruits of my uh, non-spiritual way of life that, uh, that I lived for so many years and, or my halfway spiritual way of life, my life of uh, hypocrisy. And and so I, uh, uh, I I have to I have to remember that I mean I can't I can't get on a high horse at, at any point I I, I can't um, I I can't preach uh, I I can't even teach all I can do is live this way of life not not to expound on it as a theory and and uh, you know. Uh, my and that's a, that's about life before program, as well as all the years in program where I had up and down yo-yo success and didn't really get anywhere. You know, uh, I I can't turn to to uh, my son, for instance, and say this is the only way there is. This is the best way there is. This is this is what you need. When he sees a history of of the program not working in my life because I didn't work it. Uh, you know, all he sees is it didn't work. He doesn't understand. He's not going to understand that it didn't work because I didn't work it. And uh, so I, I have to remember those things before I get uh, uh, arrogant because that wouldn't be the spiritual way of life either. Um, that wouldn't be humility. And with that, and 25 seconds left, Kelly, I'm going to pass. Thanks. <laughs> Seriously, uh, caught me off guard on that, Craig. Good job. <laughs> All right. Thanks. So uh, next up we have Janice PM followed by Amy G. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Kelly, and please time me. Yes, my name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, boy, I was a great specimen of this. The spiritual life is not a theory. You know, my knowledge, my uh, input, especially with this program. Um, boy, and, and when I was abstinent, I expected everybody to do everything and see how good I am. But this is a, I not only have a physical allergy, I have a spiritual malady. And boy, if you lived with me. Now, what it says here, you have to live it. Well, what's it? <laughs> it are the steps. They have a principle. These beside each step, like honesty, etc. Um, and I was disobedient to all the steps. I wasn't living it. I was just, you know, telling you how how it is and talking incessantly about the program. And to live it is action. This is why it's in this action. You make another amends. We could say it over and over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the best way is to show it. And the hardest place for me to show it was in my home with my husband, with my son. And he's 54 years old. And he lives with me. And he still remembers and says, oh, don't yell at me because that makes me nervous. 
neurotic, neurotic child, because I was like the tornado. I would come in and they didn't know what, what I was going to be. I'm fine here in the program. Oh, yeah, Gina, she, yeah, she talks good, blah, blah, blah. But how am I here in the home? You know, am I expecting them to do my job, to do this? And if they don't, do I rage? How, am I showing, showing love and tolerance? I have to pray for that every day. Love, tolerance, kindness, and patience. Those are my real big character defects. Am I irritable? Some days I am. Then I have to stop and pause. You know, and they don't, oh, they, my son especially, he, he wants to do everything right for me because he doesn't, he wants to make me happy. And he says it. And I'm saying, you know what, Len, hon, it's not up to you to make me happy. You know, um, I have to find, thank God, we, in him and I, we have a God in our life. That's the thing that changed me is the power in my life to 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 not just mumble and say I'm sorry, you know, but take the form of the patience and the tolerance, you know, and try to and Time, please. Say, okay, we'll do one more thing and I will leave you with trying to fix them. Cannot do it. I have to show them. And with that I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. All right. Thanks for next time. up. Yeah. Next up, Amy G., followed by Jason K. Hey, Amy. Hey, Kelly. Uh, good morning, everyone. Thanks for an awesome meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I love the when they put things in italics, we have to live it. You know, they're trying to say something here. They're, they're not joking around. And we're getting to the end of our inventory steps here, you know, four through nine. And I think there's a tendency, I don't know about you all, but me to think, well, okay, so I'm done, you know, cleared up the records of the past and I'm more self-aware about myself and, okay, good to go, I'm done. But no, we're moving on to maintenance here. We have to live it. We have to do the action. And as everyone else has said, you know, they're very serious about this. It says here on page 85, we're going to come up on it in about a week. What we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. We cannot rest on our laurels. We can't let up on this spiritual program of action. And that's what a spiritual program is. It's one of action. And now I have this knowledge about myself. How am I going to go out in the world and, those are, and act, out, act it out around me? And I'm so grateful for this program because, like others have said, you know, other people – I wanted to change them. I wanted to control them. I wanted them to be the actors in the show. I wanted them to do what I told them to do. And what I found is that as I changed, I became a better person, and then they became better. They changed as well because I changed. You know that saying, bless them, change me. My only job was to continue to grow and to continue to grow in recovery and not to try to control others around me because that doesn't work well for Amy. And this thing about having to live it, well, the blessing of this program, and we're coming up on these promises, and, and these promises have come true in my life, I not only have to live it, I want to live it. This is the kind of life that I want to live. I am amazed that this selfish, self-centered, immature child has grown in a way that I don't want to live just for myself. I want to live and I want to get along with the people in my family, with my husband, with the community. I want to be of service to others. I have changed. I'm recovered, not cured, but I have changed. 
It says on page 42, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. That to me is an incredible statement to what this program has. I want to be able to live the spiritual life. You know, the other day I had a struggle about something and instead of trying to control it or fix the outcome, I went to prayer. I went to my higher power, my God, to sit quietly and, and pray and ask for an answer because that's the kind of life that I have now. I don't have to go it alone. I have tapped into a source far greater than myself. Who does that? <laughs> that's, is that me? No, that's not me. That's this program and how this program has transformed my life. And that spiritual theory, theory I have to live it, but I want to live it. And I can't wait to get to the promises. Woohoo! And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Amy G. Okay, uh, next up, Jason K. followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. This is Jason K. Recovered from Pulse Theater and Bleeding from outside of Philadelphia. So I got recovered when I was 37. I'm 39. And I showed up for Christmas uh, shortly after I got recovered. And I had a present for every member of my nuclear family with a card. And my, I came in carrying this bag of presents, and my mom said, oh, wow, you're turning over a new leaf. And I said, Mom, have I really not come to Christmas with presents before? And she says, you know, I don't think so, not like with a card and not with like one for everybody. So I had to sit there and kind of laugh and kind of thank God because as an adult, you know, I would be absent for Christmas. I'd be doing my own thing. I don't even remember if I would call, let alone make the, the, the car trip, let alone buy the gift. So this is, this is the practicality of a spiritual life, thinking of others. Um, and I had to laugh. So when is that amends, you know, done? I basically spent, you know, my adult life, you know, 15, 20 years being selfish. Uh, you know, so I have to show up and the same thing this Christmas, coming um, to see my mom and my dad, um, getting on a plane, taking time off of work, trying to think about what can I get them for gifts? And I was talking with my, my older sister and I said, you know, when your son was born, I wasn't really around, was I? And she goes, no, not really. I said, did I even call? She's like, no, not really. I said, yeah, I don't even have any memories of your, your son. Uh, as a baby, and uh, and we can apologize, but that's very trivial. So what am I doing for her son this Christmas? I'm taking him out to a basketball game. I'm bringing him. It's one-on-one time, getting to know this kid. He's 10 years old, and I'm finally showing up. And my younger sister finally has a baby. So what am I doing for her? Showing up, driving to upstate New York from Pennsylvania, getting in the car, uh, taking time off of work, trying to hold this baby, which is totally uncomfortable for me, uh, trying to get this little baby to stop crying, um, but showing up. So, so practically speaking, um, I want to sit on a mountaintop and have white light experiences, but instead I have to make time and call my grandma. You know, because I had to look at my actions towards my grandmother who sent me Christmas presents and Christmas cards. And I never acknowledged those. I never sent one back. 
so yeah, I called my grandma up and I said, you know, man, I've been really selfish. I said, I haven't called you. I haven't kept in touch. And, you know, so what do I do? Every week, every couple weeks, every month, grandma, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? Uh, Time. With, with her, what's going on in my life? So, so, so practically speaking, that's what it looks like. And I wanted to share some of those practicalities. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks so much, Jason K. Next up is Nancy P., and then we'll open up for more shares. Good morning, Nancy. Hey, good morning. Thanks for letting me share. I usually share on Fridays, but I'm flying to the birthday party tomorrow morning. Um, so the spiritual life is not a theory. You know, I um, part of this is, you know, we have to live it no matter how much applause we get, because I'm telling you, I don't get any applause. You know, no, nobody in my family tells me, any, you know, that I've changed or anything like that. My, some of my friends have, but my family hasn't. And, but I know that I have. And part of it, you know, part of this is getting a better relationship with my higher power. I tell people on the phone that me and my higher power are like two cats staring at each other. We're not comfortable with each other, or I'm not comfortable still with this life. But, you know, I'm, I do it anyways, and I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with it. And, um, you know, there are things that I do that are sort of non-intuitive to the old me, like calling somebody and, and saying, I need to, what do you think I need to do? I think I need to do an amend or, you know, or, or this is making me uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't let anything sit. And, um, you know, I know because I'm, because I spend time every day trying to get closer to my higher power that, that I've changed. I mean, I no longer yell at my kids. I mean, I haven't done that in a long time, but I no longer yell at my kids. And, you know, I do get little snips of, of um, reinforcement from my family. You know, my, when, you know, they're, my husband especially was never not willing to accommodate anything that I needed if I said that I needed it, but he's very solicitous now of what I need, especially if we're going out among other people. Um, he's, he's super, um, super cares about me a lot. And, um, you know, and I, and my kids too, they get, you know, I, 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 I don't have a car. I share my car with my, with my daughter and, um, you know, and she's very grateful for that. And, and I've, and I'm learning to trust her more. She's had some issues that make it hard to be trusting, but, you know, I'm learning to trust her more because it's the right thing to do. She doesn't deserve to be sitting in purgatory of having a mother who doesn't trust her just because she is who she is. And, you know, the last thing that I'll say, this just reminds me of, um, in the doctor's opinion, when it says you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. So today my word is good. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I don't, I'm not mean and I don't gossip. And, um, you know, I never, ever would have thought that I would be any of those things. I mean, I always thought that my word was good, but except for that one time then and except for that other time there. And, and, you know, mostly I thought I was trustworthy, but I was not trustworthy. And today I know down to my bones that, that I mean what I say and I can be depended upon. And, um, you know, I no longer treat people shockingly. Um, and I make a lot of mistakes because, you know, sadly I'm still human, but, um, you know, the journey itself is a destination and every day is a gift where I find more, find out more about what it is to live Time. in concert with my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Well, thanks so much, Nancy P. 
So here's where we're at, page 83, into action, second paragraph, the spiritual life is not a theory. So if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, we'd love to hear from you. Who'd like to share? Russ M. Leah M. Leah M. Okay, well, wait a minute. It's a bunch of mess. I just got Russ M. and Leah. <laughs> so who else? Come back, guys. Edini M. Edini M. Gotcha. Melissa C. PB. Melissa C. Lala. Who's that? Lala? Marla. Wait a minute. Marla. Marla. Okay. Okay, I got Diane, but I don't know if we'll have time for you. Let's see. We've got enough. So. Here's who I have, Russ M, Leia M, Irene M, Pete B, Melissa C, Marla, Lynn S, Diane P. I don't know if we'll have time for all you guys, but everybody can press star one, and we'll get started with Russ. Good morning, friend. Hey, Russ, star one. There we are. Sorry about that. Thanks, Kelly. Y'all know who I am. Um, I'll make it quick. You know, when I hear this paragraph, you know, I want to, I want to stand on the mountain with my uh, cape and my big Captain OA suit to get credit for things that I was supposed to be doing anyway. And the bottom line for me is this. I need to shut my mouth, do the work, serve others, and then whether they see it in me or not. And that's hard for me because I want to win my family back. I want to win those that I hurt back. But living this way of life for almost three years, miracles happen. And really, I don't have to prove myself because God mends those relationships. If I, with, if with an intensity and an intent, develop my spiritual life. And if I ain't doing that, the rest is all BS. So, that's all that's all I got. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Love you. Well thanks, Russ. All right. Next up, Leia M followed by Irene M. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Beautiful meeting. Thank you so much. Um, God willing, uh, you know, in a few days I'll be coming up on thirty three years of trying to live what the program of recovery teaches. You know, as I as I look back, you know, it's quite uh Miraculous, newly married, discussing divorce at that time um, in 1987. You know, how was I going to place these principles into that marriage and begin to build it on on the foundation of what we learn? Um, and then, you know, life continues to happen. <laughs> uh, day in and day out, year in and year out, decades in and decades out, 12 children later, four daughters-in-law, one son-in-law, six grandchildren, uh, now caring for a mother who lost her husband, my father, after 67 years of marriage. How am I going to place these principles into those roles and responsibilities? I'm not what I used to be. (laughs) I was born again as a result of the program of recovery. Those old ideas, emotions, and attitudes which I used to look at the world through um, have been cast aside, and a whole new set of ideas, emotions, attitudes now dominate me. I am governed by a higher authority 
Thank you, God, because these are the lenses to which I can look at these relationships and behave in these relationships because all my feelings and all my behaviors emanate from my thinking. If my thinking is elevated, then my actions emanate from those thoughts. And if my thoughts are on God and in the spiritual realm, not perfectly, but practicing, 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 aligning, 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 adjusting, 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 recalibrating, 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 right? GPS, God positioning system. If, if I continue to recalibrate in these roles and responsibilities, then my actions have a better chance of being more elevated because feelings are irrelevant in a spiritual realm. I don't feel like doing all the things I'm doing now and being loving and understanding and tolerant in every single situation. Who cares what I feel? What is the right thing to do? Where is God? What does God expect of me? Can I adjust? Can I recalibrate? And instead of being creator of chaos, conflict with everything and everybody like I used to be, can I try, try, try to live? You know, the big book teaches me that to get over compulsive overeating is going to require a transformation of thought and attitude, and that work continues, even though it's been 33 years since I took that first bite, that work continues day in and day out. And thank you, God, for this pass. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leigh M. All right, Irene M. followed by PB. Good morning, Irene. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irene M., and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. The spiritual life, I have to live it until I want to live it, until I crave to live it. I had to step out of my comfort zone to act against my natural way of being, and that was so destructive. It was very chaotic. And it all begins with an open heart for God to reside in me. But it doesn't stop there. It's now that God can work through me and touch others to make a difference for others with love, kindness, and patience, and tolerance. And this is what God does for me, what I could never, ever do for myself. This is my spiritual gift that I am so gratefully accepting. Every day on a daily basis, God has lit my candle within me from darkness. This light shines strong as long as I hold his hand. I am being guided and able to take my candle and light your candle and so on and so forth. And how beautiful is that? But I must be careful not for my light not to dim, but to... Keep it lit brightly. And yes, when I do let go of his hand, it does get dim. But then I get cold. There's no warmth there. I get uncomfortable. And I once again grab onto his hand so that light within me brightens and warms me up and guides me and shows me the way. A spiritual life is acting on others to do service for others, to love thy neighbor, to be selfless 
this is my personality change. My ideas and attitudes and viewpoints of life have changed 180 degrees. Thank you, God. I was totally the opposite. I was living a mentally disturbed, chaotic life. My mind was and has been and continues to be rewired, and my heart was softened and continues to be softening. It's a continual process. And if I can change, anybody can change. A spiritual life is to be aligned with God and his principles, period. I thank you and I pass. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, next up, Pete B. followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for calling on me. Thanks for hearing me. I'm Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. You know, when I read this and I hear the shares and I think to myself, right, like this is like the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Right. That mean, that means that regardless of whether or not I've harmed you and I'm and I and I've made amends for it or I don't know you and and, and, and I'm just walking the, you know, my day by day life is that I have to live it. Right. Because why? Why? Right. Because back in step three, remember, it said, let me be a demonstration of my God's love, my God's will, my God's way of life. Right. Because that what that tells me is that my God needs me. My God needs me to do the part, to take my part, which is the action, right? His part, right? Without my action, right? That power, how is it demonstrated? Right? I have to walk day by day. I can't look at this spiritual life as my making amends for the harms I did others. My spiritual life is that I'm doing because I made a deal. I turned my life and my will over to the care of God as I understand God. I've cleared up the wreckage of my past and I could walk with pride and dignity knowing that I'm being inspired and directed by this power. You know, back a couple of days ago, we were talking about, people were talking about like, how do you do this relationship? How do you form this relationship? Right? This is something that requires nurturing, requires communication, requires prayer and meditation. And I have to be that demonstration in all walks of my life. I need to show up and do my part. Like I said, my part is the action to be that demonstration because without me, without me being that demonstration, how else does my God show up? You know, this precious gift, this unmerited gift, that's what grace means. This unmerited gift has been given to me so that I can use my gifts, my talents, my skills, my intellect, my wisdom to try to be of service to the God of my understanding, to, the, to those about me in the rooms and those about me in my occupations, in my affairs, right? Because without me, what's left? Right? This is a responsibility. The only problem I know about with the spiritual life is you can't measure it. There's no metrics, you are constantly need to grow and develop spiritually if we want to continue to be recovered and remain recovered, right? Because, uh, you know, my condition, the physical part of my condition continues to get worse. It continues to get worse, right? So which tells me that I need to continually grow. When I think I've gotten there, I need to go harder. I need to go, I need to go further and continue to, to rely and depend upon the power. 
And with this power, I know that there's nothing is in time. No thing. That with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, PB. Okay. So next up, Melissa C. Followed by Marla. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Melissa C. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And oh my gosh, I just love this. I love this. You know, I'm. Um, yeah, I like fairies. I'm. I. You know, no surprise. I love to talk, and I love ideas, and I love to study. Um, I like the theory and the living it. Um, that gets hard. That gets messy. That means like I have to do some work. And but this isn't a theory, you know. That's why it's in the chapter into action because I'm told it's actually I'm going to have to do something. It's action, and you know, I I I get this opportunity. I love some of the practical suggestions. Like I love the, you know, going and showing up for for nephews and and holding those new babies and. Those are those are how I demonstrate those ways, the practical ways, and how I demonstrate the spiritual life. And you know, um, I sometimes I feel like my heart is going to burst because I just feel so lucky. I, I can't believe what has happened in my life um, as a result of putting down food and working steps. I, I have this brand new life, and and I get so passionate about it that it's hard for me to hold back and not tell my family constantly about the spiritual. And and I'd be a liar if I didn't say that there's a part of me that would love if my family would sit and pray with me in the morning <laughs> and would meditate and would, you know, see every problem from, from the 10th step angle. Uh, but I can't I can't show up in my family that way, you know, and, and I've discovered with my mom in the most practical way, you know, my mother is aging and she repeats herself a lot. You know, we've sort of had our own little, our own little issues with my mother and, and, and caring for her now and, and things are falling on different people at different times. And I would love at one point to tell everybody that it's not fair and they need to do their part. And um, and then when my mother will talk to me and tell me the same story over again, and oftentimes it's a complaint, I would, yeah, I have to hold back and not 10 steps my mother, right? I have to listen. And that's what I get from this. Like, I want to show up as, as, as a messenger of God. I have to listen. I have to open up my ears and my heart. And, and be uncomfortable, and then I get to this life, and it really is a joy. It's a joy, and it's a blessing, and we're so lucky. I'm so lucky that I was morbidly obese, that I had no other options left. But my family is not, you know, and so, therefore, I'll just demonstrate. And um, thanks so much. With that, I'll pass. Perfect timing, Melissa. Okay, next up is Marla. I didn't get the initial of your last name, and then Lynn. Hey, Marla. Hey, thanks, Kelly. Um, good morning, everyone. This is Marla S., like Sam, in Iowa. Um, I'm recovered now for briefly for about seven years, and um, I my head is just bouncing around thinking of all these things I wanted to say, so this may or may not make any sense. But um, I'm just amazed sometimes that the person 
think God has turned me into sometimes just like when I recognize I'll pick up a pair of pants in my closet and I'll be shocked that they fit me. I'll be like, those pants that size are mine. I don't, I've changed so much in such a positive way that I don't sometimes recognize who I am. And it's, it's an amazing thing to feel a sense of humility inside, um, to feel a gratitude for the life I have today. Um, and it is, I, I really appreciate these last few days. Uh, I've been home sick and I've had a chance to listen to the meetings live and uh, hearing people say things like um, they used to treat strangers nicer than they would their own family. Um, I was always a big fake. And at work, I wanted everyone to think how wonderful I was and how lovey-dovey I was and caring, but it was all for show. And so when I did nice things at work, um, typically it was because I wanted the pats on the back. And then at home with my own husband, I would be so mean and critical. And I'm so struck today by the comments that he'll make, how I've changed, like how much he'll tell me. He'll just come up for no reason and say, God, I really enjoy spending time with you or I really appreciate you or thanks for going with me to the doctor, la, la, la. And I'm just, it's kind of like when I look at my clothes today, I look at who I am. Sometimes I'm so surprised. I don't know how this happened. It is kind of like magic. And I go to bed at night um, feeling a sense of um, pride and just not pride like, oh, yay, I'm wonderful, but God, I really like who I'm looking back at in the mirror, personality-wise, the love, the patience I have. And again, not perfect, but it's so nice to see that when I'm not doing well, it's great because my husband will say things to me like, um, Marla, you need to do a temp step for this. You're going to make an amends for this. You better stop right now anyway. you know. And I get kind of pissy in the moment sometimes when I do owe him an amends later. But the fact that he recognizes when I'm not doing it right is cool because that's a testament to when I am doing it right. And um, I just want to say everyone have a fabulous day. I have too many things to say and they're not going to make much sense. So just say the pre post-recovery life in recovery is 4,000 times better than it used to be. And that's I got nothing to do with the food part now. Now it's just how I live it each day. <clears throat> have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Marla S. Lynn, you got about a minute and a half, and Diane, you're going to have to wait till the second hour. Sorry about that. So, Lynn? Good morning. This is Lynn S., compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Our behavior will convince me more than my words. I was really ticked yesterday, really ticked. And why was I ticked? Because God was pointing out to me that I was not living the spiritual life. It was just a theory. And my behavior yesterday and what led up to it, I am so glad we're reading this today because it has set me back on my butt. And I am so grateful for this reminder, for these few sentences to turn my attitude around and start living this spiritual life that I have been theorizing about to all and sundry. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
Well, thank you so much, Lynn S. Um, that's right on time. Okay, guys, great meeting. So let's see. Thanks for everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. So if you didn't get on, get on then. Share ID for this meeting, Thursday, January 16th, is 13981. 13981. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Marge O. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Kelly. This is Marge O. from Massachusetts, recovered by the grace of God in this meeting. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meeting, meditation, what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you shall surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.